It's only entertainment. Welcome back to The Talking Hedge. I'm Josh Kincaid, Capital Markets Analyst and host of your Cannabis Business Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at a report from Viridian Capital Advisors about multi-state operators and their capital raises. Looks like it's uh, equaling a merger and acquisition boom. So this graph is showing a year-to-date capital raise of United States multi-state operators with more than a billion of market cap. So there's 11 companies on the list that have raised a total of 1.9 billion year-to-date through equity, that's in the dark green, uh, along with debt, that's in the light green, and then sale leaseback options, that's in the light brown color. A larger portion of the funds are earmarked for acquisitions and internal expansion, something we've been talking about for a couple of years now with anticipating this kind of boom, first mover advantages, uh, making acquisitions. Uh, Hopefully people will look at that as a uh, exit strategy. Other people will pass on that opportunity and be left in the dust. So a lot of the multi-state operator acquisitions have been through uh, a sale leaseback option. Um, IIPR is the ticker symbol for um, a company that does substantial amount of leaseback options. Uh, In other words, um, this company like IIPR will give you cash if you're a producer, processor, retailer, and then you can immediately lease that back. So it's kind of like a reverse mortgage, uh, you know, in a sense where you're still able to stay in the home, but you get money for it up front in advance. Um, That's because cannabis companies don't have money to operate from. They can't go to the bank. Uh, assuming they don't have money to operate from. (laughs) They can't go to the bank. They can't get traditional lending. And so they have to look for other companies um, to be able to give them this sale leaseback option. So one of the kind of game-changing opportunities, I guess, uh, according to Viridian, is the True Leave Harvest deal, since a lot of them um, have had a, a massive amount of capital or the ability to have a sale leaseback option. The True Leave deal now shows that a heightened capital availability puts multi-state operators buying other deals on the table. Cash is king. Uh, in case you didn't know, that's the um, that's the huge difference between a lot of these companies. Washington State is, is interesting. Where I'm at here in Seattle, hardly anybody has, has expanded outside of the state. And uh, I think they're going to regret that they've had one of the first one of the first states to uh, to have a rec market after Colorado, and literally like one of the last that any investor wants to participate in. The lack of vertical integration is one, and then the lack of brands. So a lot of these companies just don't really um, have the talent on their board. They're um, bootstrapping it and they don't want to give up any equity and they think that they're going to have this legacy forever. Um, They think they can hold out for some crazy valuation. Um, They just don't have the right folks on board in this state. And I think that Washington state cannabis businesses will have some of the worst returns in the entire nation because of the inability to uh, have foresight to, to hire people to do the jobs that they aren't qualified for. The amount of people that don't have compliance or even a lawyer <laughs> on board, they definitely don't have people in finance. And so when you are when you don't have somebody who is uh, an expert in managing money, you shouldn't really expect to uh, really go anywhere. That's my opinion. Obviously biased, but still, I think we'll find out that there's legitimacy in my biased opinion. <laughs> So Viridian, their deal tracker is showing that only 4% 
of the $6.1 billion in cultivation and retail sector acquisition was paid in cash. That's down from an average 13% over the last two years. So the greater percentage of stock for M&A deals stems from an increased liquidity and acceptability of stock as currency. We've talked a lot about capitulation, which is forced consolidation. And when you're willing to kind of give up everything for just stock, that's a, that's a hard sign to me that people are looking at this as an exit strategy. So maybe more companies were hurt by the pandemic. They're fearful of what's going to happen and are looking at this as an opportunity to have some kind of you know synergistic merger, accretive that is, where it's more powerful and stronger together than it was independently or separate. So this is a, is a phenomenal sign that when you're only, you know, only 4% of these deals are getting cash, uh, you're putting a massive amount of um, hope <laughs> that this new uh, merger, this new business is going to um, give you the the actual exit that you're hoping for, which obviously is cash. Uh, so they're they're taking um, a back seat for that cash exit, um, just hoping that that this merger is going to get them where they want to go in, in the end, which is a clean balance sheet, increased sales, increased revenue, and maybe even a bigger buyout that is more than four percent cash. We've also seen a massive Fibonacci retracement on public stocks uh, in the cannabis sector around 60 to 70% from their height back in January. That was a massive ramp up from the election that started uh, obviously in, in early November. So stocks having retraced a lot of those gains for the year, uh, Viridian, they believe that they're likely to see higher ratios of, of cash being employed in acquisitions as more of these multi-state operators become conscious of their dilution. That is, companies are going to want to hold on to their, their equity to not dilute it. They might end up doing more debt. You can have um, incredible options with you know warrants or rights or, or other debt instruments. Um, and so I would expect to see, and Viridian also expects to see that capital raises will come for more from debt than they will uh, with uh, straight stock. So um, you'll probably start to see a little bit more cash deals as well to not dilute some of those equity holders. Um, but either way, we're going to see a continuation of this, uh, this these mergers. So you're going to want to sit down, pay attention to see who's taking capital. Uh, definitely is going to be interesting to see which multi-state operators manage to raise large amounts of capital uh, and which ones don't, like Harvest. Maybe it's pretty cut and dry with companies raising capital. They will start scaling and acquiring uh, either that or risk being a target. So companies that are moving forward um, that we see those are companies are doing great. Those that aren't are going to fade away to obscurity or, you know, be acquisition targets. So um, I think a lot of them are just going to fade into obscurity. There's just way too many uh, license holders, 3,500 in Oregon, 7,500 in, in Oklahoma. There's just way too many. You only need a couple. Think about alcohol brands or sunglass brands or whatever. There's just not hundreds and thousands. Um, they're not hundreds in each state and thousands across, you know, uh, the U.S. It's just not going to uh, remain the way it is now. There's going to be a lot of failures and mergers and uh, failures. <laughs> so anyways, come back to the talking hedge and find out more. We're definitely going to be recovering uh, a lot of this uh, as time goes on. So a lot of movement, a lot of capital, a lot of money being thrown around. And so 
Um, if you've been listening to Talking Hedge, I think we've been on point for a lot of this for the last year and a half, two years. So uh, to catch us more, come back to the Talking Hedge and find out. With that, we're going to roll this one up. I'm Josh Kincaid. This is the Talking Hedge. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe, or don't. And I'm out. Don't forget to smash that like button on your way out and check out these other videos that we've got.